You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The thing that God values most about you is beyond human comprehension. Because in our hearts, we are made to be like God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are made in God's image. Right in the beginning, God challenged us. Many people see what God has done here today, but not many are aware of the journey that God had taken us through. When it comes to finances, God challenged us when we were less than 100 people and said, give time to minister to my people and put your trust in me when it comes to finances. So we actually stopped taking up offerings like what you usually see in churches. Usually this time where I start preaching now is the time that most churches will take a time to take up an offering. And we used to just put the baskets at the back and people would drop their money in there that they wanted to give unto the Lord. Amen. So in the 17 years, I think I've only taught 17 times on finances and that would be a lot. Those that have come with me more than 10 years, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Because we believe the gospel is about salvation and not money. But many people have been asking me, please, can you teach us on finances? We come from a place where we've been taught in the wrong way. We don't know what the Bible says. So I'm going to take some time in the next few weeks to teach you biblical truths concerning that. Amen. So let me start by saying that the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8, that God blesses those with a pure heart. So everybody today wants a blessing in their life. Bless me, Lord. Do this for me, Lord. But the Bible says that God blesses those with a pure heart. The New Living Translation says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. So Christianity is all about your heart and the purity of your heart. Jesus came to help you to sanctify and cleanse your heart. The book of Isaiah teaches us that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, upon Jesus, to heal the brokenhearted. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've had my heart broken. Tell them, I've been offended in my life. Tell them, if you only know how offended I've been, you'd be praying for me right now. Amen. The Bible says offense comes to everybody. Amen. Nobody is bulletproof when it comes to offenses. But that's why Jesus came to help us for our hearts to be pure. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to keep your heart pure. Family, listen to me. The things that are in your heart, those things can be hazardous or those things can be helpful. Whether you help people or hurt people is determined by your heart. Hurting people hurt. If you're not hurting, you won't hurt. 
So Christianity is all about the purity of our hearts. The Bible requires of us to worship God in spirit and in truth. Your spirit part is is your heart. The worship that we offer to God must be pure because He's a holy God. You cannot give to God that which is unholy, that which is unworthy. Jesus teaches in the book of Matthew and He says, if you want to be blessed, make sure your heart is pure. You know the greatest blessing in your life is if you can have peace in your heart. So the first area where you should be blessed in is your spiritual life. When you are blessed in your spiritual life, the rest of the things will fall into place. Amen? Amen. So the Bible is very clear. It teaches us the things that you treasure, the things that you treasure, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Many people say, my heart is in that. No. What you treasure, there's where your heart will be. Amen? I'm helping you because if you have wrong things in your heart, it's very easy to manipulate you, sway you in a direction. But if your heart is pure, that purity comes from God. Then you can hear what God is saying to you and you can be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Luke 12, verse 34 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Family, listen to me. Your heart will always move in the direction of your hands. That which you value, that which you treasure most. Paul got married now recently. How long is it now, Paul? Five months? Five months, wow. Feels like yesterday, five months. Once you are married, suddenly you realize that there's a lady next to you and there's things that you want to do for her. The things that you do for her is immediately direction that your heart will go. When somebody stops doing things, then you know their heart is not in it anymore. So your heart will always reveal the true you. Your heart will always reveal the true you. If you want to see where somebody's heart is, see where their hands are. See what they value. Because the thing that you value, it's there where you'll put your money. Some people value food. So they put a lot of money where there's food. If you value or you treasure education. You'll see people spending money on books, studies, and those kind of things. Am I right? Some people value and treasure entertainment. They must have their Netflix connected. They have their season tickets for for soccer and rugby. They value it. And when you talk to them, you can see their heart is full. They can talk about that rugby team or that soccer team. Their heart is there. But why? Because their hands have gone in that direction. 
So your heart will follow the direction of your hands. That's why when we worship God, what do we do with our hands? We lift it to heaven. Say, we bless you, Lord. You are our God. You are our Savior. We worship you. Why? Because you're in love with him. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say to them, your hands will reveal the direction of your heart. So if you value the gospel, souls getting saved, where will your hands be? In an offering basket in the church so that the ministry can do what it must do. Amen? Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, your heart will always reveal the true you. Jesus right now knows what you are thinking. A matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you are thinking in your heart is the thing that you really believe. You can tell us one thing here, but what you believe here is the most important thing. Why is it important to make sure that you're showing worth to the right things? Because Jesus said, you cannot worship or serve two gods. You're either going to serve money or you're going to serve him. You're either going to serve money or you're going to serve him. What is he saying? He's saying one of those will take control of your heart. Either money will be in control of your heart, possessions and things, or God. It is very hazardous when you place more value on things than on God. Because those things can destroy your life. Many times as Christians, we serve God, but Jesus is one of the things. God wants to be the only thing. Amen? But if we place the value on God, then the things can become helpful to others and to your own soul. What you worship, what you show worth to, the thing that you value the most you will become like that thing. A matter of fact, Scripture teaches us that God will give you over to the thing that you value most. So if you love God the most, you will become more and more like God. But if you value money the most, you'll become more and more like money. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm in love with Jesus. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself, have I given Jesus the rightful place in my heart? Because that's what it's all about. Many people today cannot talk about the gospel without talking about money. The gospel is not the power unto money. It's the power unto salvation this whole gospel is about getting your focus on Jesus and not on money Jesus himself said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added 
If you look at the book of Acts chapter 3, Peter walking towards the temple, towards Gate Beautiful. As he's walking, there's a man that's been sitting there for years. They said they've put him down there and he's looking for arms. He's looking for money. They've placed him at the temple, not looking into the temple, looking to see if he can see people that will give him money. Johan, come here quickly. You're nice and big. Let's use him as an example. Paul, you be Peter. You're the guy with a lot of money that's going to help the beggar today. Amen. Let's say this is Gate Beautiful. You can see he's a big, big, strong person. This is Gate Beautiful, the way that you enter into the temple. Let's say I am the man that is crippled and lame there. They've, they've placed me down there lame. I'm lying against Gate Beautiful. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the way. He's the way. He's the beautiful gate. The lame man is lying against the gate, not knowing that this is the solution. The beautiful gate is that, but he's got his back towards it, leaning against it, using it as a crutch, looking for somebody that can give him money. He needs healing so that he can enter into a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Because remember, in those days, he couldn't enter into the temple if he was lame. So he needed to be healed so that he could go into the temple. So he's sitting here looking at money. I wonder who's going to give me. Lord, just touch this man's heart. Let him just give the money. The silver and the gold in his pocket as he walks past, Lord, let him just give it. Whatever prayers he might have been praying. And here Peter comes and he says, listen, get your focus of the silver and gold. Remember, he says, silver and gold I do not have. Get your focus off the silver and gold. I'm going to give you what I have that's going to help you. The silver and the gold is a temporary solution. I'm now going to give you a permanent solution. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. You can go read it. As he is sitting there and he's received the miracle where Peter said to him, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. You are healed. He couldn't get up. It teaches us when your focus is so much on money and you think that's the only thing that can help you, even when you are healed, you don't get up. And Peter had to take him and pull him up and say, get up. And when he got up, he says, I'm actually healed. Jesus is in my life. My life has changed. And he was happy and he could enter into the temple. He was saying, forsake your way of focusing and thinking money is the answer. I have a permanent solution and answer, Jesus Christ. When he comes into your life, into your heart, and you are blessed spiritually, you are blessed indeed, now you'll start to see the blessing in every other area of your life. Seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added. Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The kingdom of God is not here or there. The Bible says it's in our hearts. 
Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, when you have Jesus on the inside, whether you have one rand or one billion rand, you have peace. You are blessed. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and you can rejoice. Amen. The man's focus was on money being the solution. If you go read here, Jesus says, your Father in heaven is aware of the fact that you need clothes, that you need food. He's not ignorant. He says, the people in the world, everybody that does not serve God, everybody needs those things. He says, your Father in heaven is aware of it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to keep my focus on Jesus. So money wants to deceive you. Because if you think, most people think, if I can only have money, my problem will be solved. Money is not the end. The money is a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Luke chapter 12. Let's go there again. So, money is significant because money shows us what you value. That's why it's significant. It shows us what you value. Like I've said, if you value food, your hands will be there and you'll be spending. Amen. If you value education, value entertainment. But the most important thing, place the value upon God. Amen. Show worth to him, worship him. So Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. He says, my brother got a lot of money, doesn't want to share it with me. Jesus, you come and share it. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Money will always lie to you. He thought if he didn't get this money, what life can I have if I don't have this money? Sometimes people think that. He says, if I don't get this portion, if I don't get this inheritance, if I don't get this bonus, if I don't get this increase, what life will I have? Jesus warns and he says, take heed, beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Jesus was saying, life is not things. Life is not things. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain man yielded plentiful, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say. Can you see it's just about him? It's not how happy you are. How happy can you make people's lives around you? Amen? 
it's not all about you, it's all about Jesus. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Verse 21. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Ask yourself the question, am I rich toward God? Jesus is saying here the most important thing. Are you rich towards God? Something you have to ask yourself. This man, he had died. And he would appear before God. And it seems from this scripture that he would appear rich to himself. I am going to do this. I have done this. I have done this. But are you rich towards God? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about focus. Jesus warns you and he says, beware of covetousness. Why? Because that's an attitude that comes from the heart. Wanting something that's not yours or comparing yourself to your neighbor, seeing that they've got it and I also want it. Paul, the apostle Paul that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he said, the Ten Commandments, I had them sorted out. I could live them. And he said that last one, number 10, thou shalt not covet. He says that was very difficult. Because all the other things people can see, but God sees right into your heart. Knows what you are thinking. That's an attitude of the heart. Remember, the Bible teaches us it's the deceitfulness of riches that chokes the word of God out of your heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm extremely blessed. Tell them again, say, I'm blessed. Tell them I'm hearing the truth and I'm going to help some people. Family, listen to me. Money will always lie to you and make you think if you don't have it, you're going to miss out. Jesus taught you and he said, real life is not in the abundance of things that you have. It's about having Jesus Christ in your life. Amen? So the Bible teaches us, be on your God. Check your heart and see what's going on here. Because this territory, this heart, belongs to God and not to things. Jesus doesn't want to be one of the things. He wants to be the only thing. And money is one of the things that will reveal where is your heart. It shows you where is your heart. This man sitting at Gate Beautiful, leaning against Gate Beautiful, he's got the answer, he's got his solution, the solution, but he's just leaning against it. He's using it as a crutch. What was deceiving him? His focus being on money. Turn to the person next to you and say, the gospel is not about money. It's about salvation. Don't let money deceive you and say that this is life. 
If you have money, you have life. This is life. The Word of God. Whether a person has got a lot or a little, he can still be a friend of God. Whether you have a lot or you have a little, you can still be rich in good works towards God. Because God doesn't look at how much you are giving, but He looks at how much heart is in your giving. Family, listen to me. When we give, you allow your hands to do things and your heart goes into that direction. Giving makes you more like God who gives to everybody liberally without expecting anything back. Most people today have been taught, I give, so I must get. It's a principle that what you sow, you're going to reap. The Bible teaches us in Genesis 8.22, from the beginning, it's been seed time and harvest. It's very easy. If you want friends, sow friendship. If you want kindness, show kindness. Now it's very quiet. What is it that you need in your life? Have you been planting that from a heart that is pure? Because even when you do things, your motives can be for selfish reasons, materialistic reasons. And God will see that. When you are nice and friendly only to certain people because you want something from them. God says, I can see your heart. I know what you are busy with. You can fool the people, but you cannot fool me. When you've allowed covetousness and greed to be in your heart, it's very easy for me as a minister to deceive you. Because if you have greed in your heart and you are desperate, if you are desperate and you have greed in your heart, it's easy for me to say, you know what? If you come up right now and you touch my Bible and you give a thousand rand, you'll have your blessing. But it's not led by the Holy Spirit. It's for selfish reasons that I'm saying that. Very quiet now. But if you don't have covetousness in your heart, greed in your heart that has choked the word of God out, deceitfulness of riches, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Knowing what to do. Turn to the person next to you say it's all about your heart. The book of Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, verse 19, teaches us that we should be rich, full of good works. We're not saved by our works. We are saved by grace, not by our good works. But once you are saved by grace, now God will empower you to start to do good works. And the Bible says we should be rich towards God when it comes to good works. Teaches us that if you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. So nobody will know, but you know God will tell you, I want you to help with that. 
And if you don't do it, God says, I know you're busy sinning because I've asked you to do it and you're not doing it. He says, command them to do good. Turn to the person next to you and say, do good. But it's very difficult for you to do good if there's not good in your heart. That's why you have to make sure that you keep your heart good. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's going to be awesome. God's going to help you. Amen. Jesus teaches and he says something very interesting. He says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. What you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. He says, forgive and you will be forgiven. You can say in the same way, help, and you will be helped. Now you'll reveal the hearts quickly. Everybody wants help. Who needs help? Show me who needs help. You need God to do something for you. Wonderful. Okay. Who of you need forgiveness? Who of you be forgiven if God forgave the way that you forgive? You know where I'm going with this. As God has forgiven us, we should forgive. Forgiveness, you'll receive the way that you are forgiven. Everybody needs help. Can God help you the way that you are helping people? Will you ever get help if God helps you the way that you help people? Now it's very quiet. So I hear some people laughing. No, Pastor, you don't understand. I need the help, not the other people. But this is why it's all about the heart. Forgive people and you'll be forgiven. Help people and you will see yourself being helped. The Bible says, give. When you give, it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, will men give unto you as you have given. So if you want your life to change, change the seed that you are planting. If you need more love in your life, show more love. If there's judgment and condemnation in your life, are you judging and condemning people? Now it's very quiet. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. He says, God is aware. He looks at your heart. He sees what you are busy with. When you read on, he says, that which is spiritual is spiritual, and that which is of the flesh is of the flesh. He says, God can see if you're busy with fleshly things or whether you're busy with spiritual things. Turn to the person next to you and say, always be ready to help. Tell them again, say, always be ready to help. Family, this is the Christian life. This is the Christian life. Love, be loved. Help, be helped. Forgive, be forgiven. Show mercy, mercy is shown. It's all about the heart. All about the heart. God looks at your heart. God's not after your money. He's after your heart. 
when you've got somebody's heart, you've got their money. Your heart, your heart will regulate your hands, is what the Bible says. That family member that's invited you to the birthday party and you don't want to go, you're really offended with them, they're nasty to you, you're angry with them. When they say you have to come and remember to bring a gift, what's the first thought that goes through your heart? Going to the five rand store. (laughs) I'll take something, but it's five rand store. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. You don't have to say it, your heart will reveal it. But Paul, when she, it's her birthday, then you think, how much have I got available? What can I give? And you almost give beyond your power, beyond your ability, just because you love her so much. Amen? Let me hear you pray. Say, precious Father, help me as I help others. Say, help me as I help others. Forgive me as I forgive others. Say, help me as I help others. Forgive me as I forgive others. Go to 1 Timothy 6, verse 9. Have a desire for God. Above all things, have a desire for God, not a desire for money. Listen here what the Bible says. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Money can take your life. If you are desperate for something, it's easy for the devil to tempt you. When you are desperate for something, it's easy for the devil to tempt you. Young ladies, when you are desperate for a man... It's easy for the devil to tempt you. Because then anybody that comes, you think it's from the Lord. But it's the devil tempting you. Amen. Don't go out on Facebook or Twitter and those kind of things and tempt the devil. Ladies, gentlemen as well. Jesus, if you read Matthew 5, if you read Matthew 5, the devil tempted Jesus. Jesus didn't tempt the devil. The devil tempted Jesus. It teaches us it doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted. The Son of God was tempted. You can also be tempted. But don't go and tempt the devil. Don't tempt the devil to tempt you. Amen? But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Where does desires come from? Desires come from a man's heart. Nobody just sins. Nobody just goes out and do something stupid. The Bible tells us it's first a desire in your heart. Then you start thinking about it. You leave it there. That starts to grow. And when it matures, it gives birth to sin. So it's about this heart says, be careful. Look at verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. doesn't say money is evil. Money can be good. Amen? 
But it's the love of money. God is after your heart. He says, if you love money more than me, it's dangerous for you. When you love money more than me, it becomes the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves with many sorrows. What did Jesus say to Peter? He said, do you love me? He said, if you love me, go look after my sheep, go attend to my lambs. Three times he asked him, what was he asking? He says, do you love me more than these things? Family, if you love God above all, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you'll add all those things. The problem is right now we are teaching people to focus on the add-ons, on the things. But when you focus upon the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he said, I'm going to add all those things. Amen? Your heart will reveal the true you. What is one of the biggest things we do that reveals our hearts? You give Jesus the time you don't need. You give people the things you don't need. So what have you given? Nothing. Very quiet now. Give your very best. God loved this world so much that he gave Jesus. He gave his very best, the beauty of heaven. His very best. Why? Because he loved us. Where his giving was, his heart was. God so loved the world. When you love, it's easy to give. Easy to give. Let me close with this. In the message translation, Proverbs 3, verse 27, it's one of the most challenging scriptures that I've ever read. It says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. It's an instruction. Never walk away from somebody that deserves help. We always have something to give. Some people have their strength to give. Some have their time to give. Other can, others can give their resources. You can give your skill. Like in the church, we've got people making their time available to teach our matric students maths. Say, I have this, I know, let me help. You're giving something, you're helping somebody. You're solving a problem for somebody. When you solve problems for people, people will come and solve problems for you. But if you're always causing problems for people, why are you complaining if you have so much problems? There's, there's, there's almost a culture sometimes where you want to make something difficult for somebody. Why make it difficult when you can make it easy? If somebody deserves the help, help them. Amen? You're busy planting good seeds. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Verse 41, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money in the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, 
but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Jesus said, I was there, I saw what they gave. There's a lot of the rich people gave a lot, but they gave out of their abundance that which they didn't need. But this woman gave beyond her power, beyond her ability. She gave what her life depended upon. Jesus said, I could see right in her heart. She might have just dropped two cents, but she was giving everything. He said, she has given more than all of these because she gave with all of her heart everything that her life depended upon. David said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, he said, I will not give the Lord anything that costs me nothing. So in our giving, there must be sacrifice. God says, I see that attitude when you give that which is precious. As Christians today, we say, yes, I'm going to pray, but you give God the time you don't need. We'll say we'll give and help, but we give the time that we don't need. We come and help when it's convenient for us, when it suits us. We give when it's comfortable for us. Am I talking to the right people here? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about your heart. Tell them again, say, it's all about your heart. Tell them again, say, it's all about your heart. Family, when you plant a seed, it will always get multiplied back to you when you've done it in truth. So many people have been giving for many years, but they've not given in a way that they were happy. They've given grudgingly. Because of guilt, because of condemnation. And nothing has changed in their life because when you worship God, it's in spirit and in truth and he can see it. You cannot mock God, you cannot fool God when it comes to that. Amen? These men that gave, they were self-centered. It was about them. Look, I'm giving a big amount. He said, but this woman is giving in humility and sincerity of heart. God will always come and test you on that which is most precious to you, most valuable to you. He says, no, you'll never do it. Oh, yes, you'll do it. Abraham had a promise from God and he had his son. What did God say? God said to him, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. That which your reputation depends upon, that which your legacy depends upon, that which the promise depends upon, I want you to give it. The Bible said he didn't wait. Early the next morning, he left and he went. And he said to the servants, you stay here me and the lad, we're going to go yonder and worship. God said, sacrifice. He said, whatever I'm going to give to the Lord is part of my worship. He said, nothing is too dear. Nothing is too precious. The Bible says, Abraham said, I knew. He knew in his heart, even if I have to kill my son, God is able to raise him from the dead. 
Abraham didn't just love in word. He loved in substance. The widow with the two might didn't just love in words. Yes, let's do it. She did it. Abraham didn't just say, yes, I'll make the sacrifice. He made the sacrifice. When you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And God can see it in your heart what you are busy with. If you're sincere or you're not sincere, giving is all about the heart. That's why God said you can only serve one God. Who is the one that will rule in your life? Who is the one that's sitting on the throne? Is it money or is it me? Who holds that position? And it's very easy to see whether it's money that's got your heart or God has got your heart. When God has got your heart, it's easy to give. But when money has got your heart, it's not easy. I mean, do you have money or does the money have you? When you have money, it's easy to give it. Your hand can go and your heart will follow. But when the money's got you, it's like, no, well, you're not going anywhere. It's my money. I'm going to build the storerooms. I'm going to fill them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to be happy. And that's not what it's about. Jesus said, how many people's lives can you make happy? And sometimes we are taught we have to help. But when we help, we're not doing it with a happy heart. Jesus says, I cannot do without a hilarious giver, a happy giver. I'm looking right into your heart, and I can see what's going on. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is looking at your heart. This widow, Abraham, you can name them Job, they were all rich towards God in what they gave. They gave with all their heart. It's not how much you give. How much heart is in your giving? Are you surrendering? Are you giving that which your life depends upon? And God can see that. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's all about your heart. And your true heart will reveal everything. Amen. So even here in this project, it's not just about saying we're going to do things. We have to do those things. We have to take that step of faith and start doing it. Take action and let God do what He wants to do. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.